Welcome to the Abbey Talks podcast series. Here's one from the Talks archives to mark our production of Tom Murphy's The Wake, directed by Annabelle Common and currently playing on the Abbey stage. In this recording from 2012, Tom Murphy talks to actor and writer Marco Halloran about the Abbey Theatre's production of The House, of the Druid Murphy trilogy, and the place of music in his work. For rights reasons, the music is shorter than in the original Live Talks event. I always wanted to say that. Enjoy this podcast. Um, I think the, the excuse we're using to, to, for this chat is that we're going to talk about music, but I think we'll talk about um, other things as well and delve into your writing. Um, I, I think we've only got 40 minutes and we want to play some music as well. So um, we'll keep it nice and tight and move it along. Um, Tom, it's a very busy season for you at the moment, I believe. Yes, it's <laughs> very exciting year with... Um, Druid Murphy and um, this wonderful production at the Abbey. I'm not selling it, (laughs) but I just think it's wonderful. Um, I've been left frustrated on a number of occasions. I have contributed largely to my frustration, but I was perfectly happy with this production. Um, To ask you about the Druid Murphy, just to start with, um, it's a trilogy of plays, Famine, A Whistle in the Dark, and Conversations on on a Homecoming, not written as a trilogy, I mean, nowhere near a trilogy, and yet, um, were you happy with the choice of plays? Were you involved in the choice of plays? I wasn't uh, invise, uh, involved in the choice of plays, uh, but there's a sort of emigration thing going through the three plays. And I think um, with any writer, um, the personality of the writer in interpreting the movement of humanity. I know that sounds pretentious, but um, the personality of the writer, I think, uh, stamps the scripts. And so they work together. Do you feel that, 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 that as a movement that they, they, they work together? Were you surprised at the choice of the three when they were put to you? No, I was delighted. <laughs> uh, uh, a wonderful company like Druid, a wonderful uh, director like Gary Hines. They are extraordinary people. This is an extraordinary couple, uh, company that has taken on the world. And when Gary came to me and said she wanted to do four plays, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in fact, the fourth was the house. But um, 
the resources in money and time, perhaps, um, weren't available. But then, okay, and is, when you go back to work like that, is there a tendency to want to pick at the work or to change the work? Or what does it feel like you now revisiting the old stamp of yourself that you put on it? Well, it's a very dangerous thing to rewrite work that was written years ago. But at the same time, I look on the Druid Murphy three plays and the house here, I re-edited and I restructured one scene in the house. Uh, so it's great to be given uh, an opportunity to have a last will and testament. <laughs> <laughs> and are you satisfied with that last will and testament? Was it a joy to go back to, or does it raise questions about yourself for? Well, it begged questions of myself because I think I have had um, a tendency to overwrite and um, that would be uh, something against myself but um, I'm a little older now and a little wiser and um, I know how directors work and how actors work and uh, that has educated me. Yes. Um I suppose we should start moving on towards the place of music within your work. I think more than anyone, I mean, a lot of writers, for instance, or playwrights would use music to to dress up a play, for instance. It's never that with you, is it? I mean, you 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 bring music into the heart of a piece. You you tie it into a piece. Um, and I was wondering about when you were growing up, what sort of music was in the house that you, you grew up in? Um. Well, it was uh, fairly simple. Uh, my mother sang while she was working. My father sang while he was working. When there was no work, there was silence. But uh, I remember there was a fiddle and a flute on the top of the dresser and um, people from the village that villages that my mother and father came from would call in on Saturday night and uh, play the fiddle. I've never heard the flute played in my house. And then I discovered at the age of 16, somebody handed my mother at a bonfire 
night, a melodion, and she started. <laughs> <laughs> and I was astonished. Yes. Um, further on to that, I come from a very large family, nearly 20 years between myself and my oldest sister, but uh, to she, I hardly knew her. Uh, she emigrated in um, 38 or something. And, um, but the next two were uh, boys and they both sang and they both sang romantic songs. And um, I think in um, a lot of my plays, uh, the romantic thing of singing <laughs> to a woman, I remember seeing a film where Alan Jones, not the your Alan Jones, perhaps singing to a donkey <laughs> or a horse. <laughs> um, so um, I had uh, a very romantic notion of them. And when they emigrated, I had a more romantic notion. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, you write um, a lot. A lot of your characters are struggling with a sort of inarticulacy and a desire to find language. At times, they find that through music or through song, for instance. I think we might play a piece yes. that's used in the yeah. house yeah. now. It's the yeah. Arthur Tracy. We, this is a little, is it a little love, a little kiss? Yes. <coughs> The scented night of summer covers Field and city with her veil of blue All the lanes are full of straying lovers Murmuring the words I say to you A little love, a little kiss Just an hour that holds a world of bliss Eyes that tremble like the stars above me And the little word that says love me
you'd like to tell us, first of all, who is Arthur Tracy? Well, he was called the street singer. Um, he was never a street singer. I think this was a PR uh, business. Um, but my older brothers would have been affected by him and um, they would have tried to sing like him and uh, you can see it's very romantic. Mm. Um, you said uh, before we played that music, the inarticulate characters. Um, in, uh, I think, apart from politicians, <laughs> we're all inarticulate. I am certainly inarticulate. And uh, one way we can overcome that is singing. Um, there's also the um, recurrent character or characters in my work who are inarticulate and eventually they become a gift to me because I hate the linear that they don't know what to, uh, what words to express what they're feeling. Uh, in my attempt to write a play, uh, I've always said, well, after the first couple of plays, um, I've always said that my job is to recreate the feeling of life. Uh, I think life is about feeling and I think religion is about feeling and this may seem strange that I hook it in the inarticulate character. Uh, it gives me um, a problem, certainly, but a great opportunity to... Um, when I write, and it takes a long time to write a play, maybe two years, uh, I like to get to know how the characters feel. So that if I know how they feel, they can only talk one way 
uh, even though it's grunts, uh, monosyllabic stuff. Uh, uh, I've changed tenses in the middle of senses, uh, sentences, but um, the inarticulate is a fascinating person to me. Um, I include myself in the inarticulate. It's interesting that Christie, who is one of those inarticulate characters who who finds it very difficult to say what he feels or even know what he feels within with that song though within the piece he holds Marie's hand and it's almost the most truthful moment he has in the play I mean he confesses what he confesses to the mother which is truthful in a way or is he looking for absolution offer I don't know but that moment when he uses music and do you think that music is that thing that we hang on to sometimes because it says more than we can even understand or and that's what the characters are striving for well um, somebody else has said years ago that uh, all art aspires towards music because in a phrase of music 17 things can happen I don't know. Uh, somebody else said to me in uh, encounter to what I was upholding as somebody saying that um, music was the great art and he, 10 or 12 years ago, said, well, composers have a notation which is quite limited. And um, we have thousands of words. I believe Shakespeare had 8,000 and the average, average is 800. And yet with, with music, I wonder, the perfection of being able to hold multiple ideas at once, to be able yes. to allow the yes. brain to soar. Yes. Do you feel as a writer a resentment, almost, that you're working with what's possibly a very broken thing, that language can never say enough of what we want, that, that it isn't music? Not now, but um, there was uh, a time in my life um, I come from a family of singers. I wasn't bad myself. And um, it wasn't possible to be a singer in the sense of the wonder of the human voice as um, experienced by opera singers and I couldn't be uh, a composer either but um, I hated the idea of music at a certain 
uh, time, uh, it was rational. Of course, I couldn't bear to listen to tenors, and it wasn't until um, a great friend of mine, alas, now dead, Colin Blakely, a great actor, um, he was taking uh, singing lessons from Ronnie Drun, uh, our very own singing teacher. Um, and um, I remember meeting him one day, and she had demoted him from tenor to baritone. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually, he gave up, but he had this vast collection of records, and um, we used to listen to them late at night, and uh, it started me listening to tenors and singers again. And was that a journey towards the writing of the Gili concert? Yes, it was, um, because he wanted to be a singer. I think everybody <laughs> wants to be a singer. The, the way plays evolve for me is it's not a rational or logical step. I was at a school concert where my seven or eight-year-old daughter was in the Mikado. <laughs> and it's probably the best aria that uh, Gilbert and Sullivan ever composed. The, the moon, uh, uh, the sun and I, or the moon and I, but I saw her and she was trying to reach the high notes and she was going up on her toes and uh, I started crying. And uh, I went home and I drank more than I should, but I said, it's time to start. And um, the first scene in the first draft of Geely was uh, a children's concert at the Grosvenor school. Maybe we'll take a piece of Gili now. Yes, 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 yes. We take the track number two. Number two, yeah. Which is Kanjia, Kanjia, Te Kanjia, Kanjia, Te Volier. Oh, mio cuore, che 
Betlehele. Postia donna, postia donna, postia donna, crudele. Congio, congio, due voglie, o mio cor, che fedele. Postia donna, postia donna, postia donna, Accorgi meschin che sei ferito, lascia, lascia d'amar chi t'ha tradito, lascia, lascia d'amar chi t'ha tradito. I mean, how central was the music to the process? How did you in integrate it? Well, I've always listened to a lot of music. Uh, when I arrived at the thing of, I have to write the play. There's a line in the play, you want to listen to him or you want to sing like him. So I tried in the play to sing like him. Um, I think that in ordinary conversation there is a rhythm uh, which is never, well, maybe that's too extreme, uh, left uncompleted. I've even noticed, <laughs> I was abroad a few months ago and I was listening to um, Doves, La, Las Palomas, um, and they are much smarter <laughs> than Irish pigeons uh, because they do 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 do. <laughs> I won't tell you what I thought they were saying, but uh, there are a lot of pigeons that start at four or five o'clock in the morning and they do 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 which doesn't make sense because a person said to me how are you gone like but how are you going wasn't sufficient. How are you going like? Or I've written a line years ago, what's your name, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I forgot 
the question? Well, I, I, I suppose there wasn't much of a question, really. It was more about, you know, when you were, the, the writing process for Gili, how did you integrate the, how did it form a part of your creative process? Is there intense listening? Is there, um, is there trying to, 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 to recreate rhythms of music? Is there, mm. or, and the emotion then that's within the music? I think that uh, I absorb rather than observe, and this would apply to music as well, that it's impinging on me. There's nothing mystical about this, but um, I did try to, you know, I've... 15 or 20 records of Geely, long players, and I tried to listen to them. But he is such an emotional singer, and I, as I've said, feeling is the important thing to me. And I thought, at some stage, he has to go. So he had to go into a drawer uh, for a months. Uh, uh, months. Uh, do you want to sing like Geely, or do you want to listen to him? And it was, that's where the line came from. But... Um, The intensity of his singing, I hate to be disloyal to him. I would have chosen Josi Björling, um, but there's a romantic aspect in the play, and Sweden wouldn't be the place to go to. You had to go to uh, the Mediterranean. And um, Gili, uh, of course, is, uh, was a great tenor. And in, in his 70s, he had still uh, a sound that... Uh, was probably pure as a boy sopranos. Mm -hmm. And in the nature of the play, an Irishman, a developer, who wants his soul back, <laughs> he wants to sing like Geely, um, that tone of Geely's is wonderful. I can okay. be. Yeah. Let's try yeah. that. Can we have track number three there? Just I can't be that.
forgotten myself. Uh, I told somebody recently, um, somebody was doing um, a census on what happiness is, and um, I was asked, and I said, happiness is when I look at the clock at 10 to 7 in the morning at my desk and the next time I look at it is 10 past 2. So I've stepped out of time and uh, that happened to me a few times writing Chile. Wow. And there is that thing that he says, here we are in time together. There's this... Um, uh, within the play. Can I also just ask you about, I, when I read your plays or when I see your plays, it seems to me that there's certainly there's three major things going on. One is this inarticulacy that allows, that the, and that the characters then strive to find an almost a lyrical expression within that inarticulacy. And then there's a struggle with form. Uh, or not a struggle, but but there's a restlessness that you have with, like you change form from play to play. And I'm wondering where you, do you find that within the process? Do you come at the process with decisions made? In fact, what would be, you know, what could be the germ for a play for you? Is it a line? Is it a, even a snatch of music? Is it? I don't know. Um, I looked searched this evening, this afternoon, before I came out for uh, an article which I took out of a paper, I think the Irish Times, uh, I was going to give it to Aideen Howard. It was uh, not Claire Keegan, the other Claire, novelist. Kilroy. Kilroy. And she has come nearest to the creative process. I wish I had it, but she said, put down whatever is in your head and uh, something will follow. And it's straws, but eventually the straws will all come together to 
make more than a straw house. All of that to say, uh, I don't know where I'm going um, when I start to play. Uh, I discover the play in the process of doing it. Obviously, one has to have something like a child's concert uh, at a school. Um, I asked, related to this, I asked uh, a great friend of mine, Elish Dillon, now alas dead. Uh, I was asking her about prose uh, because I wanted to switch for a brief space from drama to prose and I think I had asked her so much that she was fed up of me and she said you start prose with the word when <laughs> which I think is um, a great uh, clue for a young writer but it, when it, it, it does take a certain amount of uh, balls so to speak to be able to go in blind to something and and trust instinct and um, does that lead to its own frustrations I mean have you had blocks for instance or periods where it goes away or oh yes um, I used to boast 20 years ago that I was having nervous breakdown every month <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'd say they could be akin to nervous breakdowns because you're aiming above yourself um, and eventually if you put the time in you transcend yourself um, I have uh, written speeches and um, I'm not in the fairies uh, but obviously it was inspiration from somewhere it wasn't the conscious mind uh, I read something in a book uh, last year um, wasn't about writing at all but uh, the writer has said if a writer sets out to be original the best he or she can do is to be avant-garde and um, I think this is so true that you have to put the time in to allow the despair, the stops. Uh, I can't go on, I can, I have to go on. Um, to allow 
the subconscious uh, to... Uh, there's nothing mystical or um, surreal or necessarily... Maybe there is something spiritual, but... Um, um, and in I the, don't know in the, what I was. It, I think it was very eloquent, actually. The, the 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 meditation on characters as well. Do they surprise you in their own life? Do you know what I mean? That do they come, become something inside you that that demands to be written or demands to be to be given voice? Well, uh, I said earlier that I absorb rather than observe. Uh, I've never kept foolishly a, net, a notebook, but um, I have vague notions of characters, and then when I get into them, I have to, as I said earlier, I have to approach, if not reach, how they feel. Uh, so th th this doesn't come in a moment. This comes over two years. Mm. And does, again, back to music, does music help in that, even non-related music? I mean, are there singers that you can come back to who just nourish the soul that... Well, I think music nourishes us all, and if I'm right uh, about absorbing rather than consciously observing or noting that uh, music um, fulfills a rhythm that is in life, and um, what else can I say? Perhaps we'll, um, we'll finish now with a piece of music. We can either go Schubert or Maria Callas. Schubert. Okay. Yeah. Schubert, which was used in Balya Gangara, I believe. I mean, would you like to introduce it or, or say anything about well, it? It's, uh, Schubert says possibly, despite the glass great classicist of Mozart and uh, Beethoven. Uh, he was also, I think, he was also, not also, but was there ever a m more melancholic <laughs> composer? So, um, Okay, we'll take that. Thank you. 
Our comrade, we have to get out because they've got to put on a play of yours, apparently. Um, I'd just like to thank Mr. Murphy for coming here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.